Kia ora Victoria McLennan toko ingoa. Welcome to Bridging the Gap, a podcast that celebrates diversity here in Aotearoa, New Zealand's digital technology industry. I'm the CEO of IT Professionals, Te Pō Hangarau Nayo. From developers to programmers, product managers to designers, this field is filled with a wide range of individuals who bring unique perspectives and skills to their mahi. Join us as we delve into the stories and experiences of those who strive to bridge the gap and foster a more inclusive and thriving digital technology community here in Aotearoa, New Zealand. Today I'm joined by the lovely Valerie, who has kindly agreed to talk to me. Kia ora, Valerie. Kia ora. How's it going? Great. It's just so cool to see you, because as we were talking about, I haven't seen you in person since before COVID. It's been a funny time, hasn't it? Oh, it's so funny. So to get us started, why don't you tell us a little bit about you, what you would normally do as your elevator pitch to describe yourself at a barbecue or something, and who you are and what you do. Sure. Um, So I'm a bit of a jack of all trades. Um, I'm currently working as a software developer at Kraken Tech, which is part of the Octopus Energy Group, which is a UK-based sort of unicorn startup green power group they've probably outgrown startup now but um yeah be a done... startup forever don't worry <laughs> yeah they're, de- they're still private so I think I count it as it's definitely startup vibe so it's like fun and cool you know relaxed um and but yeah I've done a bit of data science and product and academic research before this so yeah can do a bit of everything and so when I first met you um, and you'd come into the industry, you were working at Snapper in a cohort of interns as a dev, but I know you've done, yeah, as you said, a couple of other things between then and now. So tell us just a little bit about the different kinds of things that you've that you've done in your career, in your short career so far. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess so when you met me, I was part of that kind of Snapper um, grad intern cohort um that was like such an exciting kind of start to my career I guess because it was you know everyone was we all came from university at the same time we kind of most people kind of already knew each other and we kind of we could all kind of make it up together as we went along um and then I oh I wrote my master's thesis in computer science uh looking mainly at like a uh, I looked at Māori land data using Bayesian inference to um, predict uh, block owners, so different uh, people who might inherit money from that land block, nice. um, which was, that was an amazing, I guess, cultural journey as like, I'm the child of immigrants to New Zealand and getting to kind of reconnect with Aotearoa and kind of understand the... Um, kind of the origin story of New Zealand and how we got here um, while also learning really great technological, you know, techniques and that academic side. Um, And then as a result of that master's thesis, I got really interested in working with Indigenous data. Um, And then I worked for nearly two years at Nicholson Consulting as a data scientist. Um, Again, yeah, working with Māori data, it was I felt super like super blessed to be able to work with that as a non-Māori person um and I learned a lot and it was really humbling um 
And then most recently I've been working as a software developer writing Python for Kraken. And we so do kind big... of your data science roots there, still writing Python though. Yeah, exactly. That's how that that was the, the link for the, that jump. Um Python. Python's good. I like Python. It's funny, it was my granddad who actually got me into Python. Oh wow. probably not something many people say, but no, you don't hear that every day. And um I know you wrote your master's thesis during lockdown, is that right? Yeah, yeah. So I was I did it part-time while working at Snapper. So I was working full-time during the day at Snapper and then in the evenings doing my master's. Um, and it took me two years, and I I don't think I would have been able to finish on time if we hadn't locked down when we did because wow. I kept getting you know, distracted and doing all these other projects and sports and stuff, and then we locked down, and I just got forced to really buckle down and write write my thesis and um, that's so cool it's a great story though in a unique way of spending that time right oh it was so it was actually I really enjoyed lockdown because I was I went back to my parents house and I hung out with my mom and my dad and wrote my thesis and it was really wholesome nice so just taking this in a different direction can you just tell me a bit about some of the challenges that you've faced working in this industry and how you've overcome them, whether there have been challenges as a woman in a very male-dominated industry or dominated industry or just challenges with being a young person coming into the workforce. Um, I think I've been very lucky to almost always work in organisations with a lot of other young people. Um, so I think I'm really lucky there. I think it is it can be challenging being basically you know like the only woman in the team um I guess the way that I get around that is trying to when you know wherever I am I'm trying to get more women to join my team um but also yeah reaching out to other women in the organization and getting some social aspects from outside of work um it's probably the main thing but also just making friends with the men they're not you know they're not that different <laughs> No, but often have different ways of expressing themselves to women, yeah. don't they? Yeah, yeah. I, maybe, yeah I, I definitely have noticed it working with slightly older people that there is a, just sort of a maybe a difference in expectations um, that younger, whereas yeah, younger people, it's sort of like, oh, I can just, you know, I don't have, you expect it to be no barriers and you expect to just be able to get on with it and do stuff, whereas the older people maybe have a more hierarchical kind of, expectation about mm. achieving certain outcomes um but yeah, yeah it's, it's just really... learning to, learning to work with everyone but that's, I think it's been good for me yeah that's a really good point that you make so if you were a young person listening to this and considering going to work in digital technology and maybe being a developer or a data scientist or product manager or one of the many roles that there are what kind of advice would you give them about joining this industry Hmm, that's a good question. Um, I think it's like there are so many jobs in tech that so many people could do and they have so many transferable skills they just don't know where to look. I think, and I think because I've, I've had a few conversations with young women who who come to me and they say, oh, I, you know, I want to kind of move in that direction 
what should I go and study? What should I pay to do? And I kind of try and reframe that question to them and say, well, what are you doing at your current job? How can you get, how can you learn at your current job to do these skills? You know, what can you, what can you make, bring into your basket rather than sort of going off and paying for something where a lot of the skills that you already have are so transferable. You just need kind of a line item of experience so that you can talk about it. I think it's that. It's, yeah, work out what you can already do. If you're an IT professional or aspiring to be one, we encourage you to check us out as New Zealand's only digital technology industry body who is focused exclusively on the people who work in this industry. We provide a range of resources, events and networking opportunities to help you grow your career and stay up to date with the latest trends and technologies. Visit our website at itp.nz or flick us an email info at itp.nz. Um, and what was that moment for you that was the yes moment that you, you know, the moment or the situation you were in or the project you were working on that you were like, yes, this is what I want to be doing for my career? Um, it's actually pretty funny because I come from, so my, I'm sort of third generation tech, an IT technical kind of. Hence the grandfather with the Python. Skills. Exactly. Yep. So, <laughs> and you know, my parents work in sort of the, you know, wider tech area and my uncle and my granddad did. So I kind of growing up, I thought it was so uncool. <laughs> I was like, you know, because you know, when you're 13, you don't want to do what your mum does. Um, and then I was, I mean, I always had naturally gravitated towards the maths and the science at high school. And I remember it was in a physics, there was like a physics outreach day at Vic Uni. And I went along and it was the the activity was programming these little cars with code. And I was kind of like, oh, you know, this isn't so bad after all. And I think it came kind of within a few weeks of going to the intro to the like the open evening and I went to the law one and it was I thought that was going to be me and it was the most boring thing I could possibly imagine (laughs) and yeah and then once I got in and started doing at uni started studying it was really interesting and then I got my first internship um over in Sydney at Google and then I was just like oh this this even if the job is not necessarily perfect. This is definitely the right space for me to solve big problems mm. and do cool things. And, it, you know, it's nice and relaxed and everyone can kind of just muck in and do what's needed, which I think is really, really important to me. Well, that's really cool. And thinking about the kinds of skills and capabilities that you need to work in our industry, what if you were some talking to someone who's looking at changing careers and they're coming from another industry, maybe they've been an accountant or a lawyer or they think it'd be really cool to retrain and come into tech. What are the kinds of skills that you think people can bring that aren't hardcore learning how to be a developer um, that can augment a team or an organisation? Um, I think, I mean, the, the key one is just people who are doers, people who want to you know, get stuff done and they're going to keep digging, keep asking questions so they get those outcomes. And those are just transferable across any job. Um, yeah, that, yeah, finding out kind of why are we really doing this? That's also so important. I think that the, I often find that my technical skills are the least important skill set that I have. Yeah. It's all of those, why are we here? What are we doing? Is this the right thing to be doing? 
who do we need to talk to? Have we consulted everyone? You know, how do our customers feel about this? It's all of that stuff that is so, so important and so transferable. I'm so glad you said that because I say this all the time and you can teach technical skills, but having yeah. that curiosity and that why and and all of those other transferable skills are just so important. Yeah, this is probably why we connected so well the first time we met. Yeah, probably is. Um, okay, so I'm going to ask you a gnarly question now. If you could invent something to solve a wicked problem, what problem would you want to solve? Oh, wow. Oh, I know. It would be a tool that could magically clean data sets without you having to do it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I can see that thing. Imagine that. Imagine democratizing data prep. Yeah. Yeah. Like you wouldn't need to have, you know, people sitting there trawling through the data. You just wave your magic wand and it would be perfect. It would be absolutely amazing. Uh, you'd be a billionaire if you could do that. Good luck. Thanks. So let's talk a little bit about tech anyway, because, you know, we are in the digital technology industry. What are some of the more exciting things that you see are happening in the industry, some of the new tools or techniques or opportunities? And what kind of potential do you think they have to change the face of this industry? And your data prep tool would be one of those exciting things. If oh, it was yeah. Around I, mean, I, think, I think it would be a mess of me if I didn't mention the kind of the chat GPT, chat GPT three um, advances and all the recent kind of the industry tools that have come along with that. Um, like Google just released a whole bunch in the last couple of weeks. Um, and they just look like they're going to turn a lot of the kind of classic data science like roles on their head because a lot of like, you no longer yeah. need, you, you need, a data science you need someone to like ask the questions and make sure you're searching the right things and you need someone to interpret all the data and but actually engineering those models is a lot of that is going to go away um which is going to be super interesting um and I, I guess those models are going to become a lot more accessible to regular developers like you're not going to need yeah. as much of that specialized knowledge which is also really it's really cool and really dangerous because you know those models can be mishandled and misused so it's really important to make sure that you know they're being checked and they're safe and that the outcomes are are good for people not not biased and yeah and you would have seen examples of that um particularly working across government right where yeah. there are people who just clone the thing that's been written before and they don't actually understand it or any of the inherent decisions the previous developer has built in Oh, so, totally. Yeah. And even like even inherited data can be biased. So mm. you just got to be so careful about what, you know, garbage in, garbage out, right? Yeah, totally. 100%. Excellent answer to that as well. So before we go, I've got some quick fire questions. If you had to choose between having a robot assistant running around after you or an AI virtual assistant who is taking all the pain out of your workload, which one would you pick and why? I would definitely pick the robot um, <laughs> because I I come to work to enjoy myself. Like I want to have fun at work and I want to solve all the problems and I don't want to do the washing and pack my lunch <laughs> and, you know, worry about where my stuff is. 
So it would be really cool to have um, some of those physical problems removed. Cool. And then next question is, what's the best tech gadget in your life? Oh. Um, I'd probably my AirPods because I didn't used to like listening to music until I got AirPods. And then it means that I can take music on a run or mm. while doing rowing or doing weights or going for a walk or oh and also it means I can call my mum while doing all those things which is really important and what's the worst tech gadget in your life oh or the worst thing you've spent money on I guess would be the other way to question it um I'm not a big I'm not a big tech I'm not a big spender generally um I mean maybe best worst is also my phone because I you know end up just <laughs> zoning and scrolling away for too long. Probably probably that bit of my phone, not the well important. Yeah. That leads nicely to my next question. Doom scroll or shut it all down? I think we should shut it all down. Yeah. But Fair. that doesn't mean that I do. I'm not <laughs> <a good one. laughs> so easy, right? To get oh, hooked on yeah. something. I got hooked on um, Eurovision Song Contest <laughs> videos in the weekend, which mm. is just totally not me at all. I, I know, I know what mean. You just go down some rabbit holes in there. Yeah. So amazing, but so awful. I know. Okay, what's your best or top tech tip that you give people? Oh. I think it's question question why you're doing it. Work out why you're doing it, and then it's going to – all the other things are going to come into place. Nice. And what makes you happy? Solving hard problems mm-hmm. and doing exercise and working with other people. Awesome. Oh, they're three great answers. Thank you. And they sum up, I think they sum up our industry really well. Maybe not the exercise, <laughs> but we solve hard problems mm. and we get to work with other people. Yeah. 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 And the, the other people are smart, talented, interesting. Absolutely. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. That was awesome. Thank you, Valerie, for sharing all your insights on that. Do you want to do a little plug for your mahi or, um, or project or organization that you're oh. working for at the moment? Yeah, sure. Um, it's been, Obviously, really great to talk to you, and it's cool to, you know, have this exposure. So, if you want to add me on LinkedIn, uh, Valerie Chan, um, and my organisation is currently hiring many, many Python developers, um, sort of in that mid senior kind of level across Asia Pacific. So, definitely hit me up, and I can, you know, get you the information for the job if you're. A, Python developer, and we'd love to have more women and more diversity. And that means nice. more friends for me. So definitely <laughs> hit definitely. me up. Awesome. Oh, it's great. And it's great to hear they're hiring a lot of people locally um, at yeah. these times when we're all hearing oh. layoff stories. So I know it's quite nice to yeah, be at someone that's, you know, reaching a hand out. And we've, yeah. and I guess because we're, we're doing green energy and um, that kind of stuff. So we're only going to hopefully be more in demand nice it's excellent things get crazier hey well thanks for your time and i will 
stop the recording now. Pakite. Kia pai tōra. Thank you for listening. Join me at the next episode of Bridging the Gap.